Hi everybody, thank you so much for checking out our podcast. If you'd like to know more about us or connect with us, then please do go to our church website and we would love to get to know you some more. Here's today's message. We hope it blesses you, encourages and inspires you. Uh, So we're going to start off by listening to two passages of scripture, first from Luke 18 and then verse 13, and then we'll uh, spend some time thinking about what I'm calling this morning's topic, money, money, money. And if you want to sing the song, feel free to do so as we, uh, as we, do so, as we read this passage together. Um, so let's, uh, let's listen to God's word, starting in Luke 18, uh, at verses 18 to 24. A certain ruler asked him, that is Jesus, good teacher, What must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. All these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, you lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. Jesus looked at him and said, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. And then from Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 to 46. Jesus speaking again to his disciples and saying, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all that he had and brought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found the one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. As we come to think about this passage and these topics together, uh, this topic together now, let's uh, first commit it all to God in prayer. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the many blessings that you have given to us uh, that we've already been singing and praising you for this morning. And Lord, as we come to think about this topic of money now, we pray that you would give us open hearts to hear what it is that's on your heart and how we might best honour and, and be faithful to you with the resources that you have blessed us with. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, did you know that Jesus talks about money more than anything else? In fact, to put that in context, in the Bible, there are 2,000 Three, oh, more than, sorry, more than 2,300 references about money in the Bible. To put that in context, there's just a mere 500 verse, or references to prayer in the Bible. Money is clearly an important message and an important subject for Jesus and throughout, that runs throughout the whole of Scripture. Jesus talked about money a lot. But let's be honest, here in Cambridge, in nice England, we don't really like talking about money a lot. If I came up to you after the end of the service and said, 
So, tell me how much you're getting paid this year. You might want to punch me in the face for overreaching and asking a bit of a personal question for you. Or if I came up to you and said, how much do you think you're going to spend this week? Or that outfit you're wearing looks very nice. How much did you spend on it? Uh, these are sort of questions that we don't often like talking about. In churches, too, we can be hesitant to talk about money. We don't want to be the church that makes people feel uncomfortable when the offering bags go around, like they should be putting something into it. We don't want people to think that we're just interested in how much they can put their hands into their pockets to support what is happening in the life of the church. We don't want anyone to think that we're only interested in them because of how much they give or could give to the life of our church. But Jesus clearly had a thing about money. Jesus recognized the power and the influence that money has in our lives. The only person to walk away from Jesus when they encountered him as the son of God was that rich young ruler that we heard about in our reading today. The only person to walk away from Jesus walked away because he asked him to let go of his money. He wanted to follow Jesus, but the price of letting go of his money was too high a cost for him, too high a sacrifice for him to make. Even those of us who love and follow Jesus can easily be led astray by money. Let's remember what it was that ultimately led to Jesus dying on that cross. Yeah, there are a whole range of people scheming, trying to kill Jesus, get him out the way. But the key factor that ultimately enabled Jesus to be arrested and ultimately crucified was the betrayal of Judas. A betrayal that was influenced by just 30 pieces of silver. Money matters. And I think it's probably safe to say that for each one of us here today, we are aware of just how much money matters. Every time we put on the TV at the moment, it seems like we're hearing about the cost of living crisis. And how you've come along to church and you're hearing about it here as well. We're all aware of the stories. There are people here in Cambridge who are struggling to go to the food bank. Not because they can't get the food or they don't need the food, but because when they go to the food bank, they can no longer afford to pay for the gas and the electricity to be able to cook the food that they are given. And that's just one example. Across our communities, whether you are rich or poor or somewhere in between, we are all feeling the squeeze of this cost of living crisis, and it's only just getting started. It is because of this reason that we have decided as a church to talk about money together. We are all facing huge financial pressures. For some of us, there will be issues and challenges that I cannot offer any easy answers for you today. But throughout this series, we're going to take a look at what Jesus says about money and how this might have an impact on how we face this cost of living crisis as we seek to be faithful disciples of Jesus together. We all 
have to face the cost of living. But the question we want to consider is how do we manage that cost well? How do we honor and trust God with our finances? It has to be said, or it has been said by a wise person, that a wise person should have money in their head, but not in their heart. As we start this series, I think that that statement is one that Jesus could have got on board with. That a wise person has money in their head, but not in their heart. There is nothing wrong with money, but it should never be the first thing in our hearts. So today I want us to spend some time and I'm going to suggest three ways that we can protect our hearts from the power of money. And the first of these is to recognize the power of money. Money is powerful. If I wanted to go on holiday tomorrow, if with enough money, I would be able to go. Without enough money, I would not be able to go. Money has the power to influence our dreams and our, our trajectory of what we want to do with our lives. Money also offers us security. If I want to go and eat tonight, I need to have the money to be able to go and pay for that food. If I want to live in a house, I need to have enough money to be able to pay the rent or the mortgage and to cover the appropriate bills. It offers us security. Money also enables us to be able to go and enjoy our lives. A few weeks ago, Rachel and I and the boys were fortunate to be able to have a family trip out to Legoland together. We got some vouchers to enabled us to get some cheaper entry and we took a picnic. Uh, but the only reason that we were able to go to Legoland was that we were able to cover the costs of the rest of the day out together. Money has power, but that power needs to be kept in check. Our car engine might be a helpful illustration for this. The, the same car engine that took us down to, uh, to Legoland works by lighting petrol. Um, I'm not, that's my engineers about as technical as it's going to get. Um, I'm not going to go into any more details. But one thing I do know is that if you put a match to petrol, it catches on fire. It can become a powerful force. But very few of us We'll take our car to a petrol station, fill it up with petrol, and drop a match into the petrol tank and then try and drive away with it. Our petrol, our cars, and the engines in our car harness the power of petrol in order to be able to drive us forward. And we need to have the same approach with our money. Money gives us the power to control our own de destiny. But we need to be careful that we don't let money define and take over our destiny. In Luke chapter 12, we hear of a man who's had a lot of success in his life. He's a farmer and he keeps getting bumper crops and great big huge harvests. So he keeps building bigger, better, greater barns to be able to store up all this wealth that he's accumulated that one day he might be able to take it easy. And then in Luke chapter 12, we hear this, and it will hopefully pop up on the screen so you can follow along if you want to. 
Jesus says to this rich farmer, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then you will get what you have prepared for yourself. This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich towards God. It can be so easy to live our lives thinking money, money, money. If only I could have a bit more money, it would make life so much easier. Then I'll be able to give all my time to God. Then I'll be able to focus on on that. But I need to get my money and my life sorted out first before I can come to God. Or to think, do you know what? One day when I've got a bit more money, then I'll be able to buy a bigger house and then I'll be able to be hospitable to people and to be able to love my neighbours as I love myself, as we've been thinking about over the last few weeks. Or maybe we'll think, one day I'll, have a, I'll get some more money and then I can buy a new car and then I'll be satisfied because I won't be driving around in this rust bucket, but I'll be able to drive around in comfort instead. Now, there's nothing wrong with having aims to be able to provide for yourself and for others. But Jesus wants us to be able, wants us to make sure that the size of our barns don't overtake and have a priority over the size of our hearts. Jesus doesn't want us to have a focus on the size of our barns above the size of our hearts. Our security and ability to be able to provide for ourselves, in other words, the barns of our lives, should never be more important than giving our hearts to Jesus. Paul picks up this theme in his letter to Timothy, as he says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, and again it will pop up on the screen, those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. When it comes to money, we need to be on our guard because money is powerful. Let's not put our barns ahead of our hearts. We need to make sure that we don't get tempted just to store up money for ourselves because ultimately that will lead to ruin. Instead, we need to protect our hearts and make sure that the things that we've stored up for ourselves do not distract us from putting our trust in Jesus. The value of our barns can never outweigh the value of our hearts. We need to be cautious about the power that money has. Petrol, when it's put in a car, is not only powerful, but particularly at today's pump prices, it's also incredibly valuable. However, no one buys petrol, this great valuable resource, and then just sits with it in their car and don't go anywhere. No one fills up a car as a saving Uh, savings account. Instead, we fill up our cars so that we may be able to go somewhere and make it to our next destination. And again, the same principle is true of our money. 
Having money should never be our main aim. That is not the purpose of money. Our purpose of money is not just to fill up our bank accounts time and time again. If money is our main focus, then we're effectively filling up the petrol tank of our car and just letting it sit on the drive and never going anywhere. We are putting our barns above our hearts. As the author Simon Sinek says, money is never the aim but it is the fuel by which we live. We should, what, so what does God want us to use our money to fuel? What is the purpose of the money that we have? In Psalm 24, we see that one of the uh, uses that we can have for our money is to honor God with it. The psalmist declares that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Everything on the earth is the Lord's. It was made by him. It belongs to him. And that includes the money that he's given to me and to you. Our money is never our own. It is a gift from God, the one who has all things in his hands. So we need to consider whether how we spend our money honors the God to whom that money really belongs because what we have is just a gift that has been given to us from God. Money is not just given though so we could then give it all back to God. God gives us money as a gift and the purpose of that gift is that it enables us to provide for the needs that we have in our lives. Jesus taught his disciples to pray in the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, and he taught them to pray, give us this day our daily bread. Jesus never wants us to not have enough to get by. We see it throughout the Bible that he is the God who provides for his people. But the key word in this prayer is that phrase, give us today our daily bread. Jesus, again, doesn't promise to fill up our barns with wealth and prosperity, but he promises to give us what we need in order to live our lives day by day. Jesus doesn't want us to store up money unnecessarily, but he wants us to use our money to live. Just a couple of verses after he taught, or Jesus taught his disciples that Lord's Prayer and to give us our daily bread. He again warns his disciples, saying uh, later on in Matthew 6, not to store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven for there, where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Once again, Jesus is weighing up this battleground between our treasure, our money, and our hearts, and we cannot, we, we need to hold those two in tension with one another. It is worth saying here that there's nothing wrong with saving. Uh, we'll come to look at this in a couple of weeks' time, but saving is a good, solid biblical principle. The problem comes when our saving becomes hoarding, the problem comes when our savings and our barns become more valuable than Jesus. As Jesus said to the rich young ruler, will you give all that you have and follow me? Or is your barn more important 
than your heart. If we are fortunate to have extra cash, to be able to, that we don't really need to be able to store in our barns, if we're in the fortunate and privileged positions that our barns are full, but we've got some extra money, the question is, well, what can we use that money for? What's the purpose of extra money that we might have to, start, to, uh, to hand? And uh, to, to consider this, I want to look at this passage from 1 Timothy chapter 6, where uh, we're told this. Command those who are rich in this present world to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation. If we are blessed with excess, if we are rich in this present world, then we are in the privileged position of being able to use that money for good and to be a blessing to those around us. For the last year together, we've been saying as a church that God is good all the time. God is good. Come on, wake up. Uh, I don't ask you to do it all the time. God is good all the time. God is good. And he wants us to use our money and all that he has given to us for his good. So what does it look like for us to use our money for good? Well, that might be that we can use our money for the good of God, of God by using it to provide for our daily needs. That we might live our lives as God has called us to live our lives. We can use our money for good by honouring God with it, by building his kingdom, by investing in his church and his people, by sharing the good news of Jesus with those around us. And where we are blessed with excess, we can use that excess to be a blessing to others by being generous and sharing that which we have been given, that it might be a source of good for our, in the lives of those around us. To control our money, we need to remember the purpose of money. We can't just store it up. We need to use the fuel that God has given to us. Money is as powerful as the value that you give to it. If you let money control your life, then it will. If you, but if you can harness the power of money, if you can let your money work for you rather than you work for money, then you will find new freedom in life. But to harness the power of money, we need to make sure that money is kept in its rightful place. And that means that we need to have our priorities right. Luke 16, Jesus gives his disciples a warning. No one can serve two masters, Jesus says. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. To make the most of our money, we need to recognize that we are in a battle for our hearts. We can't serve two masters. We have a choice to make. What will our priority be? Will we serve God or will we let money take, its, uh, take his place in our hearts? Is Jesus more valuable than our money to us? 
Will we recognize that in him, we have something far greater, far more precious and more valuable than any amount of money could ever be worth? In our second reading that I read to us earlier uh, from Matthew chapter 13, uh, we, Jesus shared this, uh, these two parables with his disciples. One where there is treasure hidden in a field and, a, and then one where a merchant finds a precious pearl. Just... Oh, Jesus says that the kingdom of God, the hope, the love, life that we find in him are like both of these. Treasure in a field, a precious pearl that's immensely valuable. But what's striking is what Jesus says happens next. When the treasure and the pearl are found, both men go and sell all that they have, that they might have, that, that they might have, what they have found, something that is fundamentally worth more than anything they could have ever imagined, that which they have found through Jesus. The kingdom of God is more valuable to them than anything they could ever put in their barns. So the question is, how valuable is Jesus to you? Regardless of whether you have £10 in your bank account or £10,000, is Jesus more valuable than the value of your barns? Would you sell all that you have that you might have the true riches that you have in Jesus? Jesus talked about money a lot. And the reason that he did so was that he recognized that money was one of his greatest competitors. If we are to honor God and trust him with our finances, then we need to be cautious and we need to protect our hearts from the power of money. Money is a fuel that enables us to live our lives. It's valuable. It has a purpose. But just like the fuel in our cars, our money can also be explosive. As the cost of living continues to rise, regardless of how each one of us is affected by it, may we all ensure that our money never becomes more valuable and more precious to us than Jesus. May he always be the first on our hearts. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you and we praise you for the riches and the blessings that we have all received in Jesus. That totally undeserved, he gave his all for us. That we might be reunited with you, that we might have hope, that we might find life in all its fullness. Lord God, forgive us for the times where we lose sight of just how valuable how wonderful the, all that you have done for us is. Lord, you know each of our circumstances. You know what is on our hearts and on our minds as we talk about this value of money. But Lord, we pray today that we would recognize the power of money and help us to keep it in check. Lord, help us to recognize and remember the purpose of the money that you have blessed us with and to use it accordingly. 
And Lord, as we remember all that you have blessed us with, Lord, we give you our hearts. Help us to always recognize and see the true value, the view of all, what you have given to us. And help us to follow you by giving our hearts to you alone, that nothing may distract us from you, not even the power of our money. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.